0: I'm Jarrett Murphy from citylimits.org. And this is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. And joining us now on Max and Murphy is Reshma Patel, a Democratic candidate for New York City Comptroller. Reshma, thanks so much for joining us.
1: And thank you, Ben. It's great to be here.
0: So uh, you're running for New York City Comptroller. Before we get to why exactly that is, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and your resume.
1: Sure, so I my primary professional experience has been in public finance, where I worked for over 18 years. And um, eight of those years, I served as financial advisor to the city of New York, where I worked with the Comptroller's Office very closely, almost on a daily basis. And um, that's how I got to really know a lot of the nuts and bolts of the Office of Comptroller. And in addition to that, I have also um, worked in data analytics, where I've helped nonprofits try to measure the impact of their work. Um, which is something that I think that is relevant to the Comptroller's Office in the way they do audits and making sure that the public value of each agency you know, is analyzed. And um, I've also been involved in um, several different nonprofits um, in New York City. I most recently served as board co-chair of CHIAC Community Development Corporation in Queens. And um, they serve Jackson Heights, Elmhurst and uh, the Richmond Hill area. And that's given me perspective in lots of different parts of the city. I have also uh, been involved uh, with, I'm on my local community board where I serve as vice chair of the budget committee. I'm president of the Eleanor Roosevelt Democratic Club. And I've been a volunteer with the League of Women Voters, um, getting people registered to vote, but also telling people about the importance of voting. And I've also been uh, teaching young people financial literacy.
0: And this is your first run for elected office, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're one. You're one of the many people who's very, very involved with civic and government affairs, and then uh, jumps jumps into uh, a race for elected office. So, yes. um, your your most recent professional work or ongoing professional work has been what?
1: So, I have been working as a consultant for the last uh, about four years and um, doing the work that I mentioned um, in uh, data evaluation and impact evaluation uh, with nonprofits, as well as consulting uh, in financial services, you know, doing the public finance work that I did before, as well as um, with another company that's doing economic development work and similar infrastructure type of financing work, but um, focused overseas and essentially also kind of serving as a part-time CFO for them.
0: And when you say you worked in doing financial advising for the cities, talk a little bit more about that work. Obviously, for anybody who knows what the New York City Comptroller does, that seems particularly relevant. You said you worked with the the city comptroller's office. Um, Tell us a little bit more about that work.
1: So in, um, in, in the specific area that I worked very closely with was the deputy comptroller for public finance, and I worked on the city's bond issuances. And I, you know, their debt management program and in particular New York City's, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's one of the largest uh, budgets in, in the country and has, you know, uh, you know, $125 billion of outstanding debt and the restructuring of the debt and the structuring of new debt is really complicated because of the laws imposed by the state especially post the 1970, I mean, the 1976 financial crisis, you know, uh, put a lot of uh, covenants in place, which makes it really difficult to structure New York City debt. And I became one of the few experts in that area.
0: And we can't get into all those weeds. And I don't know that that too many people listening would want us to. But in terms of the most essential one or two things to know about that, what, what is the key or keys to um, most beneficially restructuring city debt?
1: So you know right now especially given you know the situation we're in where we do have budget shortfalls it is a way to create savings And we also have a very low interest rate environment. Um, So we can really take advantage of those low interest rates right now and refinance debt to create savings uh, for the budget gaps. But also in times when we have surpluses, it's also, you know, the city is required to have a balanced budget. So how do you then roll a surplus into the next fiscal year? So that's one of the things that I had come up with is that when the city started having surpluses, like in the mid 2000s, you take that, cash and you put it into a high costing debt and defease it. So then you can roll
0: the surplus over to future years. Mm-hmm. Um, so why run for elected office? What's the, what was the motivation there to go from um, work with the city, consulting work, a lot of expertise in the field, obviously, but um, why run for, for elected office and, and jump into that side of the, of the game?
1: Yeah, so it's twofold. I mean, I think at this moment, especially given what's happened in the past year, um, but also my experience, you know, all these different community groups that I've been involved with has brought me to many different parts of the city. And I see that our city services aren't being spread out evenly. Right. And district needs are not being met in each area. And we have a, You know, we have a large budget. And, uh, you know, at the same time, most community groups you talk to feel like the services aren't being met. Right. So this disconnect. And I think that we could be doing things much more efficiently. And I think it's actually critical right now, given the situation where we're going to have fewer revenues coming in and we're going to have higher costs due to covid. And we've always had controllers who are trying to be mayor. So the focus always ends up being on taking that policy stance, you know, and things are great, like you can make a statement, it can be a great policy, but we have to implement it. And the comptroller's role should be longer term, you know, and I having worked with them, even in, you know, the debt side of it too, sometimes people do what's the thing that's politically expedient but not what's going to be
0: fiscally responsible. Mm. It seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, but so much of what you're getting at there also relates to the audit function of the office uh, and finding the waste and inefficiency in city government. This is something you know that we're obviously often concerned with in the press uh, as well. But are there things about the way the comptroller's office does, exercises that audit power that you would change, uh, that you would beef up How do we, how do we do that better? Because it seems like, you know, every controller I've seen the last few have done a lot of audits. They've revealed a lot of damning things. There's a lot of recommendations in those audits. Some of them get adopted, uh, but we still seem to have so much inefficiency in government.
1: Yes. And um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, 55 agencies, is a daunting task, you know, I I think, but at the same time, the way we should look at it, so we audit the agency once every four years, right? That's the requirement. Mm -hmm. And what we should be doing is more collecting more data on an ongoing basis, right? And so one of the things that I've seen in um, the nonprofit sector is you're actually, you know, creating a way of collecting that data either through surveys or collecting, you know, sometimes even through text messaging or, you know, in, you know uh, computer surveys with the people who are receiving the services on an ongoing basis, right? And you have kind of like a dashboard and that way you're able to see if you're actually getting the impact that you want, right? And a good example would be even something like a job training program, right? We have a job training program. We place a person in a job, but then do we know that they stayed in that job? How long did they stay? Was it fulfilling for them, right? And if we measure those type of things, it's going to actually save us money in the long run because we won't have those people coming back into a system where they need the same services again right we want people to grow and and i think similar with homeless services too you know once people get placed into permanent housing how long are they staying there Mm -hmm. right because that cost of them coming back into the shelter system is very high for us and we want to make sure for our it's a cost issue but it's also a human issue right because we want people to flourish and grow
0: so much of the city budget is personnel, um, and, and the city headcount has grown uh, significantly under Mayor de Blasio. The city budget has grown significantly. Of course, that's been because the revenue's been there, and uh, yeah. it's been there to spend. Um But are there structural things with the way the city's been spending money that you think have been awry and that if you, let's say, had been controller, you would have been, um, you know, shouting from the rooftops about, uh, holding press conferences on, you know, issuing analyses related to? Are there things, you know, have been sort of um, broken, misguided about sort of the structural ways that the city is employing people, uh, labor costs, uh, benefit costs, other uh, services, issues, um, things of that nature?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, the city employment has grown considerably, you know, or, I mean, I think under the Blasio administration and I think we've benefited because we've had the revenues coming in, people haven't had to take a hard look at any of these things. And now we're going to have to take a harder look. I think one of the things is, um, you know, it's called OPEB. It's the other pension, uh, you know, the personal employment obligations in the pension. And we pay a lot for health benefits. And I want people to have the best healthcare possible, but we need to look at why our average costs are much higher than the national average and how we can negotiate better with insurance providers, because that's a, a, a one, a huge cost to our budget, but it's also underfunded right now too. So we're also putting at risk those benefits for future retirees. Um, so that's you know one of the things I would take a look at. Um, I think even during this time of, you know, most recently when we had covid relief work and, you know, we we spent again, you, you know, I think something like 120, you know, um, million or so on food distribution, right? And there were places where we still weren't having food distribution in near in New York City and parts of Southeast Queens, uh and at the same time, then there were areas where food is going to waste in the places where they're being distributed. And so taking a closer look at things like that too, like how the log- and really the logistics management of things is uh, something else that we need to focus on. And I feel like that's where we could have cost savings. Um, and I would even go into something like you know, it was important for all of us to be able to, you know, have access to mail in ballots and know what was happening uh, this past election cycle. But I was getting mailers from uh, the campaign finance board from the Board of Elections and the Civic Engagement Commission, right? And so Mm -hmm. that's papers that could be saved if people coordinated. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a relatively small cost in the city budget, but even little things like that could be, we could be saving money on.
0: Do you, do you think city employees need to start contributing to their health care uh, premiums and costs um, there's there's always discussion around that uh, especially when it comes around to co- you know contract renegotiations with the municipal labor unions it, it often comes around during election time again and it definitely comes around when there's a fiscal crisis so a lot all of those things are kind of in the air right now what do you think about that
1: yes um so I, I don't I don't want to put the burden of cost Back on to uh, the employees, I would rather we do a better job negotiating those costs and lowering those costs.
0: Um, l- l- speak, so speaking of municipal employees and and uh, and obligations, uh, the pension funds, uh, the city's five pension funds. How would you approach uh, your responsibilities as controller related to those? Um, are there things you do differently than what we've seen in recent years? Uh, would you reinvigorate some of the conversation around trying to combine them uh, that's kind of gone by the wayside for the most part? Any thoughts on how you'd handle that responsibility differently?
1: Sure. Uh, So one of the things that I want to do with the pension fund investment is uh, look at increasing our investments in small businesses and startups in New York City. Um, You know, right now we have about 2% in the economically targeted investments, which is going up, to affordable housing. And uh, I would recommend that we increase that uh, to include small businesses. And the reason why is at this point in time, post this pandemic, we're gonna have to try to jumpstart this economy, right? And one of the things that a lot of the small businesses need, especially those that have been owned by people of color, immigrants and women is capital and capital that hasn't been accessible to the banking system. The comptroller's office can make that available to them. And, you know, our fiduciary responsibility is to protect the retirees, you know, uh, benefits and the earnings and that. But I think that investing in our city helps our retirees, too, by creating growth in this city. And the CalPERS pension fund has been investing in startups. And this past year, they got a, over 13 percent return rate. Which was higher than anything else. I mean, their public equities market return rate was, you know, um, it was a negative number. So uh, it's something that could also increase earnings. I mean, we have to do it with uh, appropriate risk management, but I think it's a tool that can help our economy.
0: We don't have time, unfortunately, to go into a lot of detail on it, but do you agree with the general um, sort of activist investor? I mean, it sounds a little bit like from what you just said you do, but that's a little different than the sort of like divest from fossil fuel companies, um, do you agree with that sort of activist? Really, put your values into your investments type of mentality.
1: I do. I, I definitely do, and I, okay. I believe in the divestment from fossil fuels as well as um, requiring more diversity on boards.
0: Okay. Well, we'll we'll dig into that another time. In our last minute here, um, you're running in a field, a Democratic primary field, with a, several elected officials, um, a pretty well-funded entrepreneur. What would you say to voters who are starting to check out this race in terms of sort of what sets you apart and why they should really give you a close, uh, a closer look than than some of the, let's say, uh, you know, elected officials who've been around city, city and state politics for a while crowd? Yeah.
1: So I think that, you know, this is a time for New York City to be thinking differently. And I think it's not business as usual. And you need people who've had different experiences. And I feel that I've had experience in finance, but I've also had on the ground experience in our communities that combines both things because often you have people who have the financial services experience and they don't know the needs of people on the ground in the communities because there's a big divide. Right. Um, And, you know, the way our city is segregated, right. And where people live, they don't interact with them daily. And I feel like I've had the benefit of having the lived experience of coming from, Uh, you know, a community that represents certain other parts of the city, and then having worked in a field that also represents a different part of the city. And I think that's an important asset to
0: this job. Okay. Reshma Patel is a Democratic candidate for New York City Comptroller. Thanks for the time. And we'll talk more down the road.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, Ben. (laughs)